Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on, everybody? Pastor LaMarcus here with another episode of On Your Mark. Man, so excited to be getting on our marks together today. Just uh, excited to be coming to you with another podcast on Triggered by the Truth. Now, I I recognize and realize it's a little bit of a triggering title to call something Triggered by the Truth, but uh, the reason we're going with it is because I think it's something we really, really need to uh, bump up against something we really need to look at, examine, talk about, because um, the Bible tells us the truth shall set us free. And John 8 and 31 and 32 talks about that. It says to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And <clears throat> Excuse me, we don't make any apologies here on the On Your Mark podcast about the audience who we are speaking to. Now, we want everybody to listen. We want everybody to be a part. But uh, the truth of the matter is we are coming from a Christian framework. We're coming from a biblical framework, a biblical worldview. Um, and based on the Bible, there are some things that we who uh, ascribe to it, who submit our lives to to living according to the Bible. There are some things there that we really, really have to dive into to uh, to understand, so that we're not just I don't know out here living all willy nilly and hoping for the best. No, the Bible gives us some directions. It gives us some guardrails. It gives us some insights. Um, and frankly, way too often we we overlook or or we just pass it off or we just push it to the side. Or or we do this and follow me here. We just hold to our traditions and just hope that it's right. We hold to our traditions and just feel like we're okay because this is what we've done. This is what we've always done. Uh, And I want to talk about that a little bit today. We've been in this series on on Triggered by the Truth for uh, a few weeks now. And and again, I want to recommend that you go back uh, and start at the very beginning of the Triggered intro uh, and just follow this series along. Um, this, This perhaps is a little bit of a divide from where we started with Triggered by the Truth because we dealt with some really kind of... Not, not necessarily off-center, but but allow me to use that term, off-center topics that sometimes Christians fall into. Uh, and we really wanted to deal with some of those difficult topics. Um, but but today, maybe, maybe even more difficult, uh, just in the sense that I want to talk about some of the traditions that we find ourselves adhering to um, without question. And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, right, right off the bat, any tradition that you can't question is a tradition not worth following. I, I'm just going to say it. Uh, listen, I, we, we're, we're fully into this whole idea of being triggered by the truth. Um, and I, I'm just going to say any anything you can't question is not worth being followed. And, and, and here's why I can say that with such conviction. The truth will always defend itself and bear out as being true. It's the falsehood. It's the lies that, that doesn't want to be challenged because they can't hold up. So so I feel confident saying that any tradition you can't question um, is a tradition you don't need to follow, because if you question it and it bears out, then you're fine. You're good. But if you start questioning these things and it starts to break down and it doesn't really line up, then then that lets you know. So so I'm going to tell you right off the bat, man, the Bible tells us the truth shall set us free. 
So we need to be seeking out the truth because that's what's going to unravel some of these things. I want to start out by by talking about how easily we get caught up in traditions and not really understanding why. There's a, a story of a mother who was cooking a turkey and she cut the turkey in half and she put it in the oven and she cooked half of the turkey and when the turkey was done, she took that out and then she took the other half of the turkey and she put it in the oven and uh, she cooked that half of the turkey. And and the daughter was uh, getting of age at this point and she was in the in the kitchen with her mom and she was learning how uh, to, to cook. And she asked her mom a, a, a very interesting question. Mom, why do you cut the turkey in half and only cook it one half at a time? The mom looked at the daughter and she said, well, baby, I don't really know. This is just how my mom did it. She said, you'll have to ask my mom or your grandmother why she did it this way. So the little girl went to her mom's mom or her grandmother and she asked, grandma, why is it that you cut the turkey in half and only cook the turkey one half at a time? The grandmother looked at uh, her granddaughter and she said, oh, baby, that's simple. My oven wasn't wasn't big enough to cook the, the whole turkey. And the little girl just kind of taken aback and the mom taken aback. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I've been going double time. I've been doing double work. I've been taking twice as long to do something because I never really fully understood why my mom, why my parents did it that way. And that's what I mean by any tradition that's not worth questioning is not worth following. We, we, we got to if you can't question it, you don't need to follow. We have to stop and understand. Wait a second. Wait a minute. Why is this being done the way it's being done? Why, why do we need to do it this way? Why does it make sense? And I'm telling you, when we start to really question some of these things, we're going to find out. Wait a minute. You mean I don't have to do that? You mean I don't have to go at it? That way, and, and I'm telling you on this podcast, I hope that, that you get set free from some of the ideas of, of tradition. I, I'm, I'm reminded, and, and I always talk about with, with our church, at Unique Life Church, I always talk about how, how awesome uh, I feel and how thankful I am that I got to spend a lot of time with my grandparents growing up. And i never forget one day I was out in the country with my grandfather, and we were walking uh, from his house to uh, to his his mom's house, and uh, a plane was flying over, and uh, he looked up at the plane and he kind of chuckled, and you know me, an inquisitive kid, what's that about, Granddad? What's going on? And uh, he began to to think back on his childhood and 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 reminiscing on some things, and he said, I remember when we used to call those airplanes airships, and I said, airships, that's interesting. He said, Yeah, we never thought. Uh, that it would ever really take off. We never thought that anybody would ever utilize planes to get people. Now, this is coming from uh, someone who fought in World War II and flew over to uh, to Germany on the airships that that at that time when he was when he was a lot younger, when he was a child with his father, his father never thought it would uh, be something that would take off. He also recalled uh, remembering when automobiles were were first being introduced and you would see automobiles on the dirt roads that were uh created for horse and buggy and uh, and he said that he can he could recall his his father walking with his father or being in a a horse 
and carries with his dad when he was a young child and seeing a car put putting on these dirt and dusty and, and muddy roads that were uh, originally utilized for horse-drawn carriages. And he said, his dad said, that'll never work. And you would see the horse and carriage drive past the car and the car struggling on, on the road. And then he said that they, they never thought, his, his father, his, his grandparents, they never thought that, um, that it would be a thing. And, and then you look today and, and the roads are paved and the cars are uh, now, cars drive themselves and, and now you, you, you barely have to do anything. They'll self-park and there's all these different things that came about, but tradition would have told you that it would never have been. And the reason I utilize those examples is because right now you rarely ever see a horse and buggy on the road. But but then the tradition was, no, you ride in a horse and buggy. Nobody does that. And the reason I bring that example up is to say there are certain things that we quickly move off from when we see a better way. But but there are other traditions that that for whatever reason are so ingrained in us, so so tightly woven to who we are that we don't question them. We don't worry about them. We don't think about them. We just do them blindly. And in some cases, they are so they're 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 so vivid in in their antiquation they're, they're they're so vivid in the fact that that it's it's so old and and so outdated but but because it's so ingrained in us we don't really push it and we don't really question it man and uh i, I remember my wife made a, a comment to me uh she's like man i'm kind of tired I, I think it was uh thanksgiving and she said man i'm, I'm kind of tired i i don't even know if if i want to go anywhere and you know mom has invited us over and we got this going on and that going on. She's like, I, I don't even really know if I'm up to it. I looked her square in the face and I said, you know, you don't have to. Right. Like you. I, I understand that that, you know, we we like to get together with family or we do this uh, every year or we do that every year. But but you don't have to like there's no no statue that says you must go here on this day. Like you don't have to do that. And she looked and she was like, yeah, you're right. We, we really don't have to if we don't want to. Um, and I can I can even remember, you know, my wife and I, when we got married and we moved to Birmingham and then we went to Jackson, Tennessee for a, a couple of years. And I can remember when we when we first moved back um, and eventually built a home and we were living there. And there were times when there was family gatherings and we man, we've, we've had a long week. We, we're, we're not going to go. We're not going to make it. And I remember family couldn't understand. What do you mean? You're, you're here. You're in town. What do you mean you're not going to make it? And we had just gotten so tired of seeing people doing so much on their off days and being so worn out and so tired. It was like, wait a minute. We don't we don't have to do that. I, I know tradition says if the family is gathering, everybody in the family has to go. But but that's that's not a thing. Like We don't have to do that. Um, And I just I just want to set somebody free today. Like. You don't have to. Like I, I know everybody gets together at, at at mom's house on Christmas and 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 you know it's just that's just what we do. But but I, I want to tell you, you don't have to. Everybody gets together at grandma's house on Thanksgiving and we just we have to. It's our family tradition. And and listen, great. But but I want to tell you something. You don't have to. Like like you re you really don't 
have to. I understand those traditions and I understand where they come from. And, and I'm telling you, man, there's so many there's so many different things that go on that pull at us on, on a regular basis. Uh, and then we'll find ourselves being overworked, being overrun, being overtired because we're trying to adhere to some traditions that are not biblical. They're not scriptural. They're not mandates. They're not things we absolutely have to do. Is it good to get together with family? Sure, absolutely. And that's that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is this idea that because it's something that's been set down for us to do, it's a tradition that we've done over and over. We absolutely have to do it. No, you don't. I mean, I know of families who you know, the, the the family would like to start their own tradition. They would like to do their own thing for Christmas or do their own thing for Thanksgiving, but we can't because our family does this. What? What 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 makes that more important than than you building your own thing within your family? No, you you don't have to. I'm reminded of the movie. Um there's a movie for for I believe it's four Christmases. Uh Vince Vaughn and uh Reese. Reese Witherspoon, I believe. And um, it's just a hilarious movie. Uh, it's really funny. and uh, But it, it starts out with, with them. Now, that, let me, full disclosure. Now, I don't agree with um, just kind of the premise of them not being married. That, that's not, I'm not making an argument for them as a Christian movie. I'm just speaking on their mindset and how it, it was really potent to me when the movie started. Uh, everybody was getting together and they were talking about holiday plans and what they were going to do. And and Vince Vaughn and uh, Reese Witherspoon, they were like, oh, no, we don't do that. Like, no, we don't. Mm -mm. It's too it's too much drama. It's too much trouble. It's too much. It, we 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 take an exotic vacation every year. And the people who they were talking to were just blown away. Are you kidding me? You don't go visit your mom. You don't go visit your dad. You don't do the holiday thing. And here's what's funny. While the people who are involved in the traditions were somewhat chastising them for not doing it. They were also regretting the fact that they had to. The one guy was saying, hey, every time we get together, I got to listen to my niece sing and my brother and sister-in-law think she's so great, but she's really not. And, and I can't stand like they were literally lamenting having to do the same thing that they were chastising Vince Vaughn and, and uh, Reese Witherspoon for deciding that they weren't going to do. And, and what I want to tell people is you, if you want to go on, you have every right to do what you want to do, just like the people who are setting the traditions have any right to invite you over. But you don't have to. Now, if you've seen the movie, you know, they their plans ends up getting changed and they end up going to, you know, everybody's Christmases and having a miserable time for the most part. But it turned out all right. it was, it's a fun movie, uh, a funny movie and everything's fine. But I just remember that whole idea of, man, we really are living a life where. We allow traditions to dictate what we can and can't do, and we'll fool around and and just push off what the Bible says just because, well, this tradition is what we do, and I want to come to say not so. There's so many little things, and, and I'm going to do some more podcasts where we get into specifics on traditional uh, church services and traditional this and that, but, but just for today, I want to deal with the idea of tradition itself, and there's so many different things, and, and I want to say this. I want to make this bold statement. Um, if you allow your traditions to keep you stunted, then then you don't grow. 
Like if you if there are things that you desire, things you want to do, things that you are considering, but because of traditions, well, we don't got it. We don't get to do that because we have to do this on this date or we have to do that on this date. Or, you know, you know, we this this time of year is reserved for doing this because it's tradition. No, 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 man. You you end up stunting your own growth. Something as simple as this. I was um, we, we went to uh, a gathering and um, I think my mom. Uh, at my mom's house and there was some food and uh i think i had eaten earlier or something but anyway my mom was like well take take some home she gave me some containers to put things in i was like i don't want to take containers i'll just wrap it up in a plate and some foil or something she was like no no no. these are i just saved these so you can kind of take them and 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 uh so people can take if they want to take some and then when you're done you can trash them and, and that's exactly what i did we we took the containers and when when, when i finally uh ate the food you know i just threw the containers away and then I looked in the in the sink and there was a couple of other kind of containers that were kind of, you know, those one use containers, quote unquote, one use containers that you, you'll get if you go and you, and you buy something. They're kind of plastic, but they're one use uh, and people kind of save them. I was like, no, no, no. I, I saw it in the sink. I was like, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm tossing this. I'm not saving this um, because we have a a cabinet full of Tupperware, like full of like things that you're supposed to save things in. And then I, I just remember I started to think, like, where does this come from? Like, why, why are we saving these containers? Like, these are obviously kind of one use type of thing. Why are we saving? Where, why are we saving that? Well, because we used to. Like, that's what I saw my grandmother do. And that's what, you know, I saw older, you know, people do. Like, we would say, they would even save foil. That, that foil, uh-uh, wipe that foil down, man, save that. And I understand that because uh, times were different. Money was different. Um kind of access was different and things of that nature. But they have an, an excuse and a reason for why they did it. We don't. Like if you have a cabinet full of Tupperware, there's no reason for you to be saving these little one-use plastic things. Th throw that stuff away. Now, I totally understand why my mom did it because just in case somebody wants to take some, I don't want to give you my good Tupperware here. Just take these. They're one-use things. You can take them and when you're done, you can toss them. That makes perfect sense. I'm not, I'm not coming against that. I'm just using that as an example to say, we got to start examining some of the traditions and things that we're doing, because what if what if we're cooking the turkey one half at a time and not even realizing the only reason we learn to do it that way is because the person we learn from didn't have any other option. But we do. And we got to really look at that. So I want to talk just just for a moment. I want to give you uh, a few things on tradition and and uh, ask you a question how traditional is your traditions how traditional are your tradi like where did where did they come from how, how did they come up um that things like you know church service and, and and things like that like how did it be become this way i, I mentioned that because i <laughs> um I, I know of one situation where there was a mother who told her son who came to our church um and, and he enjoyed, you know, our church because it was different. It was not not, quote unquote, the traditional uh, liturgical service that that he had always gone to uh, his entire life. And his mom was like, no, 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 no. If you're going to go to anybody's church, it's going to be my church. And I thought about that. It broke my heart if I'm being completely transparent, because this guy wasn't going to anybody's church. This guy wasn't going to anybody's church. And his mom felt so convicted in her traditional church service that 
he wasn't going to be in her mind. And this is a grown man. You know, again, you grown, you can do what you want to do. But but um, her mindset was, no, 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 this this is how church is done. And I'm going to do a lot more on traditional church service in, in, a, in another podcast. I'm just using this as an example. This is how church is done. So if you're going to do church, you're going to do it like this. Otherwise, you know, don't worry about it. And, and my understanding is, he was like, well, I, I mean, I ain't really going to her church, but, you know, I can't come to your church because if I go to anybody's church, I got to go to her church. Now, there's a whole other issue there with you, you know, you grown and you need to seek God for yourself kind of deal. I, but again, I use that to say how some of these traditions come up. But here's the question. How traditional is your traditions? Because while sometimes we'll fight about certain things, uh, particularly with a church service, we don't realize that 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 is not the original way church was done. No, if you're going to do church, you have to do it this way. Well, but that's not how it was done originally. Like that's not how like if Jesus walked in your church service, he wouldn't recognize it as the church service he was conducting. If Jesus, if the disciples walked into that particular service, they wouldn't recognize it as the church service that that they were conducting. If if the early Christians who started having church in literally in cemeteries, in the catacombs, in tombs, because they had to hide from people, they wouldn't recognize that as church service, the, the 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 people who were originally doing church in homes and things of that nature, they wouldn't recognize what you do as church service. So so how traditional then is your tradition? And I think sometimes we get so caught up in just what we've seen, we think that's what is. A grand example of that is is that there was a uh, there was somebody who who had, well it's been said multiple times, but but it was one said you know about the King James Bible because. That was the version that that people have gotten so used to. Well, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. I'm sorry, what? Jesus did not read the King James Bible. <laughs> that, that wasn't the Bible that Jesus had. As a matter of fact, what, what Jesus did read was what we consider the Old Testament Bible. Uh, Jesus would have uh, been fluent in in Aramaic uh, at that time, and, and maybe some Greek, uh, he was he wouldn't have been reading the King James Bible that came much later after him when the Bible was translated, when when King James commissioned the translation of the Bible. The, the reason I'm saying that and don't 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 misunderstand me, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the King James version of the Bible. That's not my point. My point is because that's what people are used to. That they make that such a tradition that nothing else matters. Nothing else is right. When, when in fact, the NIV Bible is, is, is completely fine. The, the New Revised Standard Bible, completely fine. These are translations of the Bible. And if you feel that staunch about your traditions, then you got to go learn Greek. You got to go learn Hebrew and you got to go learn Aramaic. And you got to become fluid enough to read the Bible in its original language. If you're going to be that quote unquote traditional. So we got to even start to question where our traditions come from, because sometimes we're holding on to things that frankly make no sense. So let me give you a little bit of Bible as, as I as I get ready to end. I, I just want you to start thinking about this because we need to start questioning why we're doing what we're doing. And then the, the question might be, well, then what traditions do I follow? Like, like what what is it that I need to follow? The simple answer is this. You follow the traditions of God. You don't follow the traditions of man. The traditions of man, you decide if you want to do it. You decide if it's right. You decide how you want to. Uh, well, you don't decide if it's right. You you look at the Bible to see if it's right. And then if you want to do it, it's a preference. 
the, it's the traditions of God that, that we have to do. The, uh, Colossians verse 2, 8. I, I want to read this for you. Colossians uh, chapter 2. Uh, I'm going to start at verse 6. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built in him, built up in him, strengthened in your faith, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depend on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world than on Christ. Let, let me read it again because I think it's so important. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces. What, what is it that Paul is commending to us here uh, as he's writing to the church at Coloss? What he is saying is, don't be fooled into human traditions. Stay with what you've been taught in the Bible. Now, is he condemning human traditions? He is when they are deceptive and filled with hollow philosophy. He's not condemning uh, going to grandma's house on Christmas Day. That's not an issue. If that's your tradition, that's not an issue. It becomes an issue when it is full of deceptions and you have to do it and you have no other option. No, 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 no. You get to decide how you participate with human traditions. What Paul is saying is, so then, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Don't let any outside human traditions change or alter how you live your life in Christ. That part that you've been taught from the Bible, that's what you need to live in. So if it's a a non-human tradition, a Christian tradition, the things that God has called us to, those are the things that we need to look into. Look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 3. Matthew chapter 15, verse 3. Jesus replied, why do you break the commands of God for the sake of your tradition? Uh-oh. Let's read that again. Jesus replied. Let, let, me, let me start from verse 1. Matthew 15. Then the Pharisees and the teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the traditions of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, and why do you break the commands of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses their father and mother or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father and mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father and mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your traditions. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. What's, what's going on here? What, what, what's Jesus doing here? He is explaining and showing them that you guys have allowed your traditions to supersede the word of God. And, and, and so much so that you are allowing your traditions to allow you to 
rewrite the Bible. You're allowing your traditions to to give you an, an excuse and a reason to do things your way versus what God has said. And you've gotten so picky that, that you're picking on people who are doing things different than what you're doing it because you've allowed what you've come up with, your traditions to be higher than God's traditions. I, I, I'm going to say this because I love you. And, and I've spoken on these podcasts before about how much I value marriage and, and what God is doing in the marriage. And I can't tell you how many times I have seen that, that the core issue in, in marriage and what's going on when we when my wife and I, when we sit down or when I'm sitting down talking to a couple, I'm looking and, and, and we're trying to figure out how to build this couple and build this marriage back up. And as I'm listening and as they're talking, as, as they're unveiling things, I'm thinking, oh, I see the problem. You're still trying to live as though you're under your the, 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 your wife, you're still trying to live as though you're under your, your dad, husband. You're still trying to live as though you're uh, under your mom. I, I get it. I understand. But what, what Christ is doing is creating something new. The traditions of your dad, wife, does not come into your marriage. The traditions of your mom or your dad, husband, does not come into uh, your, your marriage. And, and yeah, but my mom and well, but you don't know how my dad, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Those are traditions of men. When you get married, what you are saying is God has created something new. God is first. My spouse is second. So now you have a new Christian tradition of putting of husband, putting your wife before your mother of wife, putting your your husband before your dad. Now that is the tradition. And anything else is to be fought against with everything in you. And, and it's amazing when we look at how these traditions can kind of kind of pull up. And then all of a sudden, as a as a husband, I, I want to please my wife, but I don't want my mom to be mad. Or as a wife, I want to I want to respect my husband, but I, I, I don't want to upset my dad. No, 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 no. That's not that's not how you look at it. How you look at it is what is the word of God? What does God call me to do? What is he teaching me? What is he telling me? What is he laid out for me to do in his Bible? What are the traditions of God as it relates? to my marriage that I'm going to do and whatever other traditions fall to the wayside so be it so be it because what we see God telling the Pharisees here in in Matthew 15 you are forsaking the word of God for your own traditions that's ridiculous and it's not just in marriage it's the same thing with children it's the same thing on the job I am not going to go on a job and forsake my Christian traditions because of the way they do things on the job well you know on the job you just you're gonna have to fudge the numbers here every now and then well you know when, when you in this in this arena you're gonna have to do it like this you got to leave your Christian ideas and your Christian thoughts at the house no 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 I don't no I don't look if I can't get ahead here doing it God's way, then God is going to do one or two things. He's going to bless me right where I am, or he's going to remove me and put me somewhere else. But I don't get to, to put the, the human traditions over my godly traditions. I don't get to do that. And when I do that, I am forsaking the law of God and I lose the favor of God on my life. I lose the favor of God in my marriage. I lose the favor of God with my children because I've decided that my human traditions are more important than the word of God. And I don't even really like calling the word of God or, or calling uh, Christian traditions, the word of God. I'm using that word to say it's not a tradition as much as it's just what we ought to do. And we got to be so, so 
careful about that. We cannot break the command of God for the sake of human conditions. I love my mom, but my wife comes first. I, you should love your, your husband, but your, your, uh, you should love your dad, but your husband comes first. That's just the way it is. Now, I started this podcast off talking about the fact that I am coming from a Christian biblical worldview. And if that's not your worldview, I understand why that pushes up against you. But if that is your worldview and it pushes up against you and you don't like it, then I'm going to challenge you to do it anyway. Didn't nowhere in the Bible does it say we need to like what he's calling us to do to do it. But I will tell you this. If you start to do it, you'll start to like it because you're going to see the favor of God on your life. All these traditions need to be put in one of two categories. This is a human condition. Uh, excuse me, a human tradition. This is a godly tradition. And by godly tradition, I mean it is in accordance to the word of God. If it is a human tradition, then I don't have to do it. And as a matter of fact, if I see that it is ungodly, I absolutely don't do it. If it is a godly tradition, then I absolutely have to do it. And any traditions that it pushes up against, so be it. We got to be careful about that. So three quick things I'm going to tell you uh, as, as I get out of here. How, how do we do? How do we know? Right. What, what, what do we do uh, as we as we find out when um, what 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 traditions do the Bible speak positively of? Well, it's the word of God. It's the godly traditions. What traditions do the, the Bible speak negative of? And when you go read the Bible, go go read scriptures on tradition and you'll notice something very, very potent. Anytime it's a godly tradition, it is spoken of favorably. Anytime it is a human condition, it is spoken of negatively. That is so important to us. And it's not spoken of negatively in the sense that they're always wrong. It's spoken of negatively in the sense that when you put them above God's tradition, they become wrong. I want to be very clear about that. So here's what we do. How do we know what traditions to follow and how do we know which ones not to? Number one, you got to examine. I already gave it to you. We got to put them in one of two categories, human tradition, godly tradition. All right. We got to examine it and we got to make sure it's in the right place. Second thing we need to do is excise. What do I mean by that? Cut off, get rid of any tradition of man that is superseding the traditions of God. Any, anything that I have to do because that's what we've always done. Anything that I'm doing because this is what this person wants me to do or doing because this is how my family is. Anything that I'm doing that goes against what God is calling me to do, I excise it. I cut it off. I get rid of it. Done. Deal. Now move. And that leads to the third thing that we need to do. Execute. If it's God's tradition, execute on that tradition. What's God tra God's tradition? Love. What's God's tradition for marriage? Love your wife, respect your husband. What's God's tradition for children? Raise them up in the way that they should go. What's God's tradition for being on the job? Represent God, represent Christ, do my work as unto the Lord, not as unto that boss. These are traditions, but not traditions in the sense of uh, the, the way we view tradition. It's just God's word. And when we know what God's word and God's tradition is, we execute on that. Do I get to do the traditions of my family? Absolutely. As long as they don't supersede the traditions of God. And watch this. And I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to do them. Right. So we got to be so smart about that. So here are the three things again, and I'm almost done. Examine it. Right. Is it of God or is it of man? 
excise it. If it's if it goes against God, cut it off and be done with it and then execute those things, those traditions that are godly. When we do that, man, we'll be walking in the truth and the truth will be setting us free. Man, listen, I pray that something has been said today that'll be a blessing. We're going to deal with this in more depth and more detail as we go forward. We're going to be talking about more uh, things specifically uh, in this round, but we're going to be talking more and more about things that may be triggering, but things that we need to understand that are true so we can get better and better and grow in the favor and the love of God. So I want to thank God for you. Uh, if you need us for any reason, again, don't hesitate to reach out. Know that we're thinking about you. Know that we're praying for you. God bless you. God keep you. And I love you.